Welcome to Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Cerventi. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Welcome. Uh, my name's Mike. And I'm Craig. This is a podcast called Verging on Greatness, where we talk about movies that... Just miss the mark, just that little bit. They're nearly yeah. great. Everything's everything's right. All the elements are there. Just leaves you feeling a little bit off, and we talk about them and try and figure out. Try and figure what's out what's missing. What would you do differently? What or, would, or not? What would sometimes make it, it's perfect. What would make it hit the mark? Sometimes, well, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's just how the movie has to be. Yeah. Sometimes you have to accept the greatness things, or the, are, the mediocrity. Are not imperfect, which mm. is a really good point because that's uh, I have a funny feeling that's one of the themes of. This movie, in fact, Imperfectness. So this movie mm. is um, Hannah, 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 Hannah. How are we saying it? Hannah, uh, Hannah. We should say it Hannah. Yeah, they like say, like we're European Hannah. and, we should and say fancy. Yeah, Hannah. Yeah. yeah. So Hannah. Um, spoiler alert: We're going to talk all about this movie. If you haven't seen the movie, yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, now's not a good time to 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 be getting upset about that. Yeah. This. Like I would. St- Pause this. Yeah, pause. Oh, listen to this. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Listen like, to this. Completely but, agree. With yeah, 100%. This. But then afterwards, go to Netflix and watch Hannah, which yeah, is where watch, I watched it watch last night. Yeah, Hannah. Um, so it's 2011. 2011, Hannah. Um, it's Joe Wright. Not Edgar Wright. I had to be corrected. Joe Wright, who made... Atonement, and he also made the excellent uh, Darkest Hour. Right. With Gary Oldman in a fat suit playing um winston churchill so stop man. interrupting me while i am interrupting you <laughs> really different in tone hannah is to, oh yeah to yeah. this director's other work because this um st- like straight off the bat everything about this uh, comes across like it's an indie gem except for the fact that it looks amazing and it features uh, and it's a, got some um, really, a really high-hitting cast. A very, a very so, high-powered cast. It was and obviously expensive to make, but I've, I got the feeling that they put a lot of money into making it look like an indie film. Actually, not that much money into it at all. Surprisingly enough, it was really? made for thirty million dollars. So really? it's really, yeah, not not crazily expensive. I think um, definitely Kate Blanchett and Eric um, Banner definitely worked for far less than their ordinary salaries. And the Chemical Brothers provide the soundtrack, which is almost probably as famous as the film. Yeah. Um, which, and that, that that makes up a big, that's such an unusual thing, but that's something you could imagine an indie movie. Yeah, like getting, yeah, getting, a, getting a, a, an EDM um, masterpiece theater performance from, yeah. from the Chemical Brothers. And yeah, so it's interesting. And it wasn't a big hit. Um, it the budget was thirty million dollars. I think it made sixty million worldwide in theaters okay. originally. So um, I don't think it would have covered marketing. So I think this would have been a loser for the studio. Yeah. Even even if it turned a small profit, it wasn't it wasn't the big indie. Okay. Yeah. So I think you're right. It does have an indie film feel to it, and there's lots of clearly very stylistic choices being made. The the reoccurring motif with the whistling, the yeah. the attempt to, to create a dark fairy tale, um, yeah. or attempt they they go for a dark fairy tale. Yeah. Um, we can get more into that later, but yeah, an interesting film um, by a very very competent director, competent um, director, competent cast. Um, yep. So um, high powered cast. Cersei Ronan, 
uh, as the as the lead as, as the, the titular, titular um, Hannah. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait to get out that word titular. Titular. You just don't get enough opportunities no. to say it, and so Craig and I just said it together. Yeah, titular. So, yeah, <laughs> it's titular. Yeah. So she's she's the titular. Just. So, so we should we should be careful. I think she was like sixteen when so she made this movie. So, so out of your breakfast. Yeah, so out of your breakfast. Titular. Yeah, titular. Mm. So yes, she's um, so certainly the, the character is sixteen. So yeah, I, the coming I, of age story. I, lo- yeah. I looked I looked this up because I was curious to know. And it was, when you Google this movie, that's one of the questions that Google gives. Is as, how old is, is one of the prompts? How old is Hannah in Hannah? And she's sixteen. Wow. So it's coming of age. She actually, I actually got the feeling, I, I was thinking younger. I was thinking... Oh, okay. 13 to 14. 13 to 14. From the, um, um, just after seeing the movie, that was that was where I, I had her placed in my head. Okay. But, but the, the marketing pictures her as a 16-year-old. For legal reasons, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I don't know. There's nothing kind of... It's nothing, nothing borderline yeah, in that sense. She's certainly on. never overtly sexualized at any point. But yeah, I think this is a coming of age story. Mm. Like, um, Well, that's how I originally interpreted it. This was a traditional um, you know, childhood to adulthood transition mm. film. Um, it's about her growing up. It's, I, wonder if, I wonder if that's why I read her as being younger. Is because... I, th- I don't think those bleached eyebrows and that bleached hair help. But... Well, in, in, in a film of this tone, and, and it, is a, it is a tone that includes some ultra-violence, well, not ultra-violence, no, but plenty certainly, of some, violence in certainly this. some heavy violence, mm. you would expect, with, with a film with a female, a young female protagonist, you would expect her to be in a shower at some point. You never do that, and and you, you never even see her. Most she spends most of the film wearing a caftan. Yeah, um, you, she's never sexualized. She's never even remotely sexualized. Her friend Sophie is a little bit, but I think that's incidental and inform and the character informs that. Yeah. I don't think she is um, ever. You certainly don't feel like the male gaze of the camera is upon no. her. Like there's no lingering panning shots up her body showing every you know flawless yeah um, that's right curve like she, that's I think not she done. Wears jeans. She's always, always yeah loosely dressed. Even, loosely dressed. Even when she finally gets out of the caftan and into into some western clothes, I think it's kind of uh, it's trackies. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's eclectic. She's got the head mask on and stuff. But yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So. Um, Hannah um, is a it's a film <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, so it's a it's a like Craig has said it's a coming of age it's a coming of age story, story. yeah but also uh, um, it's it's got a, a a bit of a twist in that the um, the main character is um, she's she's literally discovering her identity because she has been as you find out later on, she has been bred um, genetically, uh, genetically, artificially to be a, a soldier, a better soldier, which is in a, a very Jason Bourne esque. Sort of, yeah, yeah, that's the one that Jason Bourne is, is one of the examples that you can't help but think of. When you yeah, think so of it's, this, it's a teenage girl, dis- teenage yeah. uh, sorry, teenage girl Jason Bourne. Yeah, film. she's discovering that she is a weapon, essentially. Yeah, more more than a person. That's right. Um, and the other one, the other movie that came to mind when I was watching it was Species. Which oh, is, that's a throwback. 
also <laughs> also about uh, you know a about a very tall Canadian blonde woman and, and any excuse to show her naked and perhaps yeah. perhaps that 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 again is a as, as a counterpoint to Hannah where they are, it is also about a a young woman who is an efficient killing machine at this it was at the same time kind of coming of age and discovering that's true with a hundred percent less nudity and no Ben Kingsley no complete lack of the complete lack of Ben, ben Kingsley, Kingsley. Yeah. and um, to this movie's to this movie's detriment I would say because Ben Kingsley <laughs> is a welcome addition to any film not that, it did, <laughs> not that he did species any good whatsoever um well, I'm, I'm, he certainly I, didn't help an Ender's game. I, I, I say this: I've never seen Species without Ben Kingsley. There's, there's a chance it could have been worse. It's possible. Oh, that's a fun film. Michael Madsen's in that as well. Yeah, yeah. it's got an all-star cast. Yeah, it really does. S- species. We should What's do Species. We should do Species. species What's that English guy? Um, uh, Alfred Molina. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's amazing. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she goes on to be like a staple in CSI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah anyway, but that's not the film we're talking about. We're talking about yeah, Hannah. Getting distracted. Yeah, getting distracted. Um, um, Hannah. So, yeah, but definitely um, right species on the list. Yeah, um, yeah so, Natasha so Henstridge. Yeah, love it. Yeah, getting way ahead of ourselves. So, um, <clears throat> Hannah opens, um, and she's she's living in uh, frozen tundra. Tundra, yeah. essentially with. Uh, so it's Hannah and her her. Uh, you assume you her, assume father her father Eric Eric Banner played by Eric Banner um, who was known as Eric Banner Banana when he was on uh, Full Frontal the Australian comedy show. Yep. yep. Eric Banner Banana. Are we using that? Are we? Are it's we, Eric Banner Banana. Yeah, that that's what. Okay. Yep. He's let's, amazing. Let's yep. do it. Yep. Um, and so uh, so they they li- they live together in a cabin in frozen somewhere I, I figure Finland um, or yeah. somewhere like that in the in the woods yeah somewhere, yeah. somewhere Nordic there somewhere are rain, Nordic there, yeah. are, there are deer because she kills one at the start yeah it opens with her hunting killing and shooting a, a wounded deer with where bow, she with a bow and arrow with a bow and arrow it, it's the start of the bow and arrow trend oh no the, and then she does shoot it with a gun I missed your heart I missed you. Yeah, I missed you. I think I missed your heart, and then she shoots it with the gun. Yeah. Um, so. And, and and a fight scene breaks out where um, she is snuck up oh, on by right. Eric Banner. She's she's gutting the she's, she's gutting, gutting the, the deer. deer, and he sneaks up on her and um, says you're dead because he was he was yeah. able to sneak up on her. So he is he is obviously training her um, in the ways of deer killing rig- rigorously, <laughs> um, and then and then um, uh, they they fight, and he. He's bested by her. He is, he is bested, but he, he manages to overthrow her and then he makes And her... punishes her by saying, um, you can bring the carcass back by yourself, um, which she does. Yeah. So she is, straight away, she is obviously like superhuman strength. Yeah. She, she makes a, she doesn't carry it over her shoulders. She makes a sled. No, she, she makes a, um, she, she talks about how she got 120 pounds of meat. Mm. from from the reindeer yeah and um so uh, yeah so, yeah from straight away she is obvious obviously an incredible not only incredibly strong but also an amazing fighter so he's like trained her to reflexes. do this yes um, um you soon learn that he's, he's trained her in, in all the european lang, not only european basically every language yeah so she speaks so, seemingly fluent arabic french german spanish mm. um she they 
story time for them is him reading to her from a dictionary or, or an encyclopedia. encyclopedia yeah. Um, so that's story time where he, he, you know, teaches her about, you know, blue whales and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, but she wants to know what music is. Yeah. Um, so you, you assume they've been there like forever since she was essentially since she was an infant. You, yeah. as, you assume that because there is no other way she could be so kind of efficient in, in that environment. Um, so the, the first, um, um, the inciting incident is actually her, her besting him in this fight because he then, um, he takes that as a sign that she is, she is ready to, to re-enter society. society. Yeah. And he reveals that he has this, he has this beacon that he can which, turn on, which, which, and he invites her to turn it on when she She's is ready, when she knows, when she is certain she is ready, which she does almost straight away. Um, and that is, that is the beacon that will let, um, uh, the, the baddie, yeah. um, played, Mar- played by Kate Blanchett, Marissa Vigler, played by Kate Blanchett, that will let her know where they are. Yeah. And it's obvious that, that, that will set off this chain of events of her kind of being reintroduced to, to, to society. society. Yeah. And so, um, he, so they separate, he departs, he leaves her there to be captured, um, which, which she is, not before, not before wasting two of these, two of the grunts. Two of the grunts, the pawns that are sent out. Yeah. yeah. Um, the henchman. The henchman. Um, in, a, in an action scene we don't see, so um, it's all set up with all these, no. um, with all these white clad um, special forces types descending upon a mountain cabin. And two of them go in and contact is lost and more go in and we see dead bodies and a, and a girl sitting on a lot. kind of waiting. Yeah, kind of waiting. Um, in an odd sort of, uh, yeah. Problems start early for me in this film. But yeah, so she's found and captured and taken to some fanciful like facility. Holding facility. Yeah, where she is <clears throat> introduced to psychiatrists who are trying to determine what she does. Um, and for me, and then that's kind of when the chemical, the chemical brother, it's scarcely, I, I find it hard to talk about this film without talking about the soundtrack at the same time. The, oh yeah. The, the soundtrack is massive in this film. Yeah. It's a very large part of this film. And we get into like the, the biggest problem for me is leading up to this facility thing, which feels much of this film feels like a chemical brothers, um, music video. Yeah. It's got a, a very much adopts a music video style, particularly for the, for the action sequences where the, where the chemical brothers music features most prominently. prominently yeah. So that happens. So she's in the holding facility and, um, you've met, you've met Kate Blanchett by this point and she has, um, she's on the other, she's obviously somewhere far away. She says, I can, yeah, she's, she says, I can be there in, in 18 hours or something. But the guy who was on site is determined to take it into his own hands. So he sends in a lookalike of Kate Blanchett for Kate Blanchett, um, who asks a few questions and is very shortly brutally, dispatched, brutally, right. brutally murdered. So this is obviously what Hunter has been training to do. Has been training and, and the purpose of, of her being captured is that she will she she can get to Vigla and kill her in order to kill her. Yeah. And this this sets this sets we Vigla off, um, and she gives the very ominous "she's perfect" um, line when she watches the murder. Rather than being shocked or horrified by what she's seen, she's she takes almost orgasmic pleasure in watching her dispatch this person yeah. so efficiently. Yeah. Oh, she's perfect. That was the person I felt. I felt the 
Worst of all, this poor lady. <laughs> She's just been sent in under dubious circumstances. This is, this yeah. is why she went to psychiatry school. <laughs> yeah. I joined the CIA so I could become a body dubber to Marissa Vigla yeah. and get murdered by a very angry 16-year-old girl. Get my, get my neck broken. Played by Michelle Doherty, who would later turn up um, in, um, if you've watched it, I don't know if you've been forced to, uh, Downton Abbey. She's she's one of the key key I'm actors just, in that. I'm just, uh, I haven't, haven't had haven't, the, the, the honour, the pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So she, she features prominently in Downton Abbey. So so Hunter escapes the escapes the facility um, in, a, in a, a really, and it's a, it's a pumping action sequence. I mean, it's... Yeah... It's got a lot. Of, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. Part of that makes me upset because there's lights set up in these tunnels, and um, they're seemingly designed to provide a visual visual to, dynamic to look awesome. To look awesome with these flashing strobe lights, and it feels again, it feels like a a Chemical Brothers music video. I think the whole sequence seemingly lasts about three minutes, which is yeah. perfect length to to flop on MTV later. Yeah, and, yeah. I wonder how much, like, I, I kept looking to see if the Chemical Brothers were credited as producers on this film, because mm. it felt like the Chemical Brothers were like, oh, we'll give you money and we'll, we'll make a film of this, but... Yeah, again, uh, again, again it just, it's such a, such a weird contrast to Atonement and... Yeah, with these really uh, grounded, down-to-earth films, gritty. And then, yeah, gritty films, out and Darkest Hour, um, again, but then there's, yeah... Uh, um, it takes on this this weird fairy tale esque quality, which I guess might have been the purpose of the film in the first place. But anyway, she escapes and she she gets so the, into the wilderness. Yeah, um, the first 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 act ends with her she, she escaping this escaping this facility, facility, and she's she she manages to find herself free in in this in this desert, and she doesn't really know where she is, but she she walks for miles and and bare feet, which you assume is just kind of is is just. No, in the like, desert like, like no big deal for her yeah um and eventually she manages to get to a get to a road and to a kind of rest area where and she, she where she meets sophie and her brother miles and sophie is played by the um the amazing jessica jessica barden yeah um and uh who becomes her friend yeah. uh, who so befriends they're, her they're the, they're the son and daughter in this english family who are traveling in a camper van yeah with this ultra liberal mother who um believes that it's okay for children to wander in the wild yeah um who's got these very very far-flung ideas about parenthood and like the reverse of helicopter parenting um and the father is complicit in this somehow but um uh, but the he door... seems, he seems, yeah, he seems to be on board with it, although she berates him for his conservatism. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> He's not on uh, on with it at all. I forget his name, but uh, uh, Jason Fleming, um, who was in Lockstock and yeah. um, Smoking Barrel. He's amazing in this as well. Um, and the mother is played by Olivia Williams. Yeah. So the, the, the cast is the... just amazing from beginning to end. There is, a, there is a weird shift in tone with the introduction of this family. Which, yeah, I, which I, I can't disagree with because they are so adorable, particularly the daughter Sophie. Yeah, Sophie's she amazing. Steals every scene, scene that she's that in. She is yeah, in. it's um, it's no, should come as no surprise. Um, uh, I've the the Netflix show, um, the English production of uh, it's the end of the fucking world. Um, she is the lead in that. Yeah, and if you haven't watched that, you should watch that 
immediately. Yeah. yeah. Her, and I don't, I don't know how much is her and how much is the writers, but the comedy of, oh, this, yeah. of the, Sophie, <laughs> the Sophie character as this, as this counterpoint to Hannah. Hannah, who is... Who oh, she's a lean, so, green, killing so, machine. Yeah, she's so yeah. strong in so many ways, but she's she knows nothing about the world. Where Sophie is this hyper aware. Um, <laughs> don't worry if you don't speak English. Character. MIA didn't speak but English, she's and now all, she's a, a superstar. <laughs> at the same time, she's she's so clueless and kind of innocent. So they, they yeah, they're both kind of innocent in their they, own way, yeah, right? So Sophie is super innocent, and Hannah is super innocent, but. Hannah has killed people yeah. by this point. They're, um, they're, they're both, yeah, they're both very strong in their ways, <laughs> but also, also just tr- trying to mesh mesh that with their innocence. Well, they immediately this. connect, and like there's an, an immediate connection between Sophie and Hannah. Yeah, and um, and so yeah, yeah. So Hannah kind of um, uh, she hitches a she hitch, she breaks into their camper van. Hitches a ride with them to their next destination, which is Morocco. Um, she she gets away from them for a while in Morocco and goes and finds somewhere to stay. But as but then is of, overwhelmed by modern life and um, yeah, is yeah. forced is forced to go back. Yeah, go back to the camper van again. And she she thoroughly impresses the uh, the old man by her being able to speak Arabic fluently. Oh, the Moroccan yeah, the Moroccan man yeah, yeah. Um, who in a who in a subversion of expectations turns out not to be a creepy guy at all no, and just, just takes complete pity on her and like you know absolutely here's a place for you to sleep yeah. um <laughs> by this oh by this point, he's got that great line though i i don't know his the the subtitle of it is they put on the television and 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 she goes is this is this music and he goes it's the best we can do <laughs> 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 I'd like to think he delivered that bedpan yeah. in Arabic, but yeah, he yeah, was that's amazing. Right. She's she's completely absorbed. Yeah, and he's just like, just oh, the best the we can do. <laughs> <Piece of> shit, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, um, he he's great, and um, but yeah, she she abandons that because um, modern technology with electricity that she's never encountered before, um, and all the noise, and she can't make anything work. Um, distresses her too much and she ends up running off and um encountering the family again um she finds the family by by happenstance yeah yeah so she hitches a ride with them across the across the mediterranean right um to the because they go to spain right to the camping grounds from morocco yeah um oh by this by this point we've also seen seen um kate blanchett enlist the services um, of a very creepy German a, man. A creepy, creepy, creepy German um, kind of hitman, I guess. Agent. Yeah, um, he's got skill sets, or he can do things that she can't. Is, is yeah. basically how she so she's, pitches it. By the, by this point, we've learned that she's in the CIA, and but she's obviously played by it. Tom Hollander. Um, yeah, she's in the CIA. So she's so she's obviously she's using she's using him because she can't go through official channels for this. Yeah. Um, and um so while they're in so so while they're in spain they it emerges that that so hannah is hannah's presence is revealed to the rest of the family that she's she's been hatching a ride all this time and they're kind of it's up to the mum to kind of shrug shrug and say well she's just a free spirit with 
Yeah, Jason, where the dad's like, "Where's the parents?" Jason Fleming is like, "Where are the Where's this girl's father?" She has she has said that her mother has has His died. Dad. She she oh, there's, oh. That, there's that great line. They said, "What did she die of?" And she says, three, three bullets." bullets. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> ends the conversation. But yeah. <laughs> um. So, um. Oh, and so Sophie takes Hannah on a date. Yep. With a couple of cute Spanish boys. Yep. Which ends in the, in, in the only way it can. With, with her, Hannah her violently assaulting, violently one, of assaulting one of the Spanish boys. boys yeah. Um, and although she seems kind of in, into it for a little bit, like she clearly, this is something she wants to experience. Because <laughs> there's that awkward conversation with her father at the beginning of the film about, oh, no, no, no. She has an awkward conversation about kissing and how many muscles it involves and and, um like it's yeah it's kind of weird but um then he goes in for the kiss and she ends up physically assaulting him what is what is is, oh sophie comes up and goes this whole scene because it's so good sophie comes up and goes honey a mentalist (laughs) and Hannah, hannah says should I let him up? Should I let him go? As opposed Sorry. to what? As opposed to <laughs> what? <laughs> so Hannah's oh options God. here are basically kill him or kill him. I didn't want this yeah. podcast to just become us repeating all our favourite <laughs> bits. But it's happened. And this uh, is... And, and early at the, the uh, 24, 24 minute mark. All the blame so. is on Jessica Bard. And so yeah. take, take this as a sign of how fucking, fucking good she is. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah she is absolutely Absolute. amazing. Absolutely kills it. Yeah. Um. So moving this along. So um. Midpoint. Um. Midpoint. Oh, the, yeah. By this point, we work out that um. Isaac's is the guy um who's coming to look for her, played by um. I just said his name. I'll bring it back up. Tom Hollander. Tom Hollander. Um. He's enlisted the help of some music video ready skinheads um oh yeah yeah they got the straight straight out of the combat boot yep they've they've got the yeah they've got the combat boots the high-waisted jeans the bomber jackets the shaved heads what else Um, we keep going off on tangents tell me what else tom hollander has been in oh he's been in everything um so he was he's 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 from pride and prejudice as well so he's obviously a director favorite um but yeah he's been in oh gosh he's been in pride and prejudice uh he was in the night manager uh he was a mission impossible uh nation yeah Yeah, well the night manager is actually written by um, one of the writers on this um so one of the writers on this um came in after the piece and ended up um david farr is the name which is interesting enough i went to high school with a kid called david farr and i had to go and check to make sure it wasn't the same <laughs> david farr um but yeah david farr was the the guy that was brought in to um to punch up the script um oh. so there was two other guys who got virtually nothing to their name and then david farr um so okay and he's clearly a, a, a um oh, he's done he's done loads but um just looking through his list here um I don't think he's worked with uh, the director before. So the midpoint is with Eric, and um, earlier on you've seen that he, um, Hannah has sent him a postcard to let him know that she has um, taken care of Marissa. So he's assuming that she is dead, all is going to plan, and they're going to meet Eric and Hannah are going to meet in Berlin. Right, um, as per their well-constructed, as, oft-repeated plan. As, as per the plan. But the, there's a, a scene that is actually, and it's a three minute, three minute single shot. Oh, um, of him of, arriving in Berlin, arriving at arriving at the train station, and um, 
seeing that there are a couple couple of goons after him, he draws them down into a um, like a like, like a, a subway sort of platform. Car park. Sub, yeah. yeah, it's like a subway thing and wastes them. I think it was four. It's, yeah, it's in, a, in an action sequence. Yeah, in a, in a single continuous shot. Because I went back and rewatched that scene to 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 make sure I wasn't being fooled. There may be a couple couple of clever edits concealed when he walks behind um, pillars oh, and yeah. stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, it's an unbroken three-minute sequence. Yeah. Um, the, the culmination of which is he picks up the walk, one of these guys' walkie-talkies and, and one of the, the dude on the other end mentions that he just spoke to Marissa. So, so which tells Eric that um, he's Hannah, Hannah, has Hannah has not, in fact, killed, killed the correct yeah. Marissa. He's killed a, and so, a, a double. And his mission now changes and becomes about going, killing Marissa. going and yeah. finding her himself yeah. before he can then meet up with Hannah. Which is a great sequence, by the way. Um, because uh, oh, it phenomenal. starts with it starts with him coming off the bus, and it doesn't stop until he backtracks and goes back the way he mm. came up the up the stairs. It's a fantastic shot, and yeah, Eric. And, Hannah, in, and in between, there's a, a, a really impressive action, you know, action sequence where he's yeah, like, where he's fighting his, off these four guys, four dudes, yeah, who are instructed to bring him in. chucking it, chucking a knife into the last into one. the last one. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, so, um, so that the, the tone kind of changes changes at that point for the second act because on on his arc he is now he is now on a on a vengeance mission uh, on his um, own yeah. rather than just trying not to be spotted. That's right. Yeah. Um, but he's already killed people by this point as well because um, he's picked up by the Danish police when he comes ashore and comes yeah. through the fence and then later you see a shot of them being lifted by crane out of the water yeah. so yeah but it's that but it's that it's the the pursuit of marissa that becomes his driving yeah goal. yeah and then mean, meanwhile hannah has been um uh she is confronted by by like tom, tom hollander and, and, the, and goons. the goons yeah, the, the, um, the skinheads in the container park which is the which is another of these um the music video kind of sequences in the shipping container yeah yeah those guys uh and again this is where the the thing starts to come apart for me it's like is it a is it an action film or is it a um, a dark fairy tale or is it just an excuse to have a chemical brothers um music video because the whole and again i went to have a look at the cinematographer to see if the cinema photographer or the director had had in in the past any relationship with the chemical brothers because it felt like a chemical brothers music video um, and it's got that industrial feel to it. It's yeah. like those bleak, those bleak surroundings. Um, the lighting, the lighting again on the shipping containers is, is questionable. Like, where is that light coming from? It's certainly not. It doesn't seem to be diegetic light at points. It feels to be like this is a music video yeah, shoot. Stylist. Yeah, it's stylistic. Um, they're making artistic choices. Um, and yeah, I get, I get really stressy about that. Like, it doesn't fit with the rest of the tone of the film. Like, yeah, on its own, it's not a crime. No, um, and I, I keep just, thinking of just shoehorned in a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And I keep thinking of um, of the the Tron movie that they did not so long oh, ago, yeah. um, and that had similarly had a soundtrack by Daft Punk. Yeah, um, and you can't watch that movie without without talking about the soundtrack by Daft yeah, Punk. Yeah. And um, that I felt that was a far better example of how to integrate a, a world famous EDM group into yeah. your movie. And they literally integrated them into the movie. They feature in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I struggled with that. And I, I love the, the soundtrack to Hannah. But uh, I'm, yeah, we'll, we'll circle back on that later. But 
So she 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 escapes the goons and she wastes one wastes a couple of them. She um, wastes a couple of them. Um, much to Sophie's horror, who's witnessed who some has of it, followed her and witnessed it. Because this is this is her real. Yeah, because she leads them away from the family in, in an effort to save them from the goons. Yeah. Um. And then, but Sophie runs after the, her. Yeah. The yeah. goons. The goons get the get the family anyway. Which and that that point and this is. This is this is where my real frustration with the movie kicks in because that that moment of Sophie witnessing Hannah just destroying this yeah she dude. slices that guy up so that's I mean, including slitting his throat horrif- that which is horrifying for Sophie and then that's great yeah where's where's that go where's that payoff where, where does Sophie and Hannah's relationship go from here yeah nowhere no you never see Sophie again, again. that's the last shot she is in oh no there's oh, a, there's the, a, she's interrogated she's interrogated that's which the, is her that's last, the last shot. time she which did. we go into next so that's the last yeah. time she and Hannah yeah are Marissa Marissa Wiegler Wiegler and um, Isaacs um, they 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 get these people in another music video friendly shot where they've got them in the container ships and um uh Isaacs is flipping the um, the metal bar in time um, to his whistling to mm. the Chemical Brothers um, track. I forget the name of it. Um, this the, is, is this before? Because it's Kill Bill that has a whistle. That's right. Yeah, Kill Bill. I think this motif, is. Right? I think this is. Ooh, this must be after. Must be after. Yeah, yeah, this Kill is after Bill Kill Bill. Uh, but this is um, um, the the music is far more integrated here. It's it's frustrating for me because that soundtrack is so integral to this movie like with him whistling that beat and and he's doing the beat by flipping the bar that must have been so hard to do and i was watching to see if that was um if that was added afterwards but it sounds like it was recorded at the time they might have put the whistle over the top afterwards but um yeah it's frustrating um because that's such a music video friendly shot yeah. with them one of the goons is leaping from container to yeah. container and it's dark and they've got the halogen lights on and the in the containers, containers. yeah amazing. it looks great artistically very pretty um and then they've got the interviews with marissa um, and the various family members and um and their level of complicity um and how much complicity each of the family members yeah. have which is little, um, and the one that rats them out is the little brother who is who is um, manipulated into giving away information on yeah. Hannah, um, Hannah, uh, and then that that takes us back to Berlin. Yeah, and so and this is where it, so um, this is around the eighty-five minute mark, um, which is where so the second turning point into the third act is where it really. Is that this movie really comes off the rails, which is where um, Hannah arrives at Berlin, which is which is the, the has been the goal, right? She's, and by this point, Marissa's already killed. So, we, well, not to spoil the whole film, but we're told in flashback that Eric runs off with um, Hannah's mother from from some kind of a facility, mm-hmm. and they are attacked um, en route in a car by Marissa, who shoots at them through the glass. Shoots at them on the road. Um, and kills, and, and actually kills uh, Hannah's, we assume, mother. mother yeah. um, and later she tracks down the grandmother, or the, the, um, the yeah, Hannah's grandmother, mother, yeah. um, and shoots her in cold blood in the apartment um, for her lack of cooperation 
or just tying up with loose ends, um, or may- mostly just to show that Marissa's a cold stone killer. Yeah, she doesn't even killer. seem to want or expect to get anything out of her. She just turns up to shoot her. Effectively, turns up to shoot her um, to tie up. There's that no loose question. End. There's no question that the that the mother can answer that will save her life. Yeah, yeah. Or... and she doesn't give any information. She just yeah. wants to know what Hannah looks like. Yeah, and, purposes and... purposes mostly just for, just what you learn about Marissa's yeah character. is that she's willing to kill everybody and actually yeah. quite happy to happy, very happy to um, but yeah then we wind up with her sorry back with the family in the containers um, and then this is again one of my more frustrating moments with this film is the fate of the family is left undecided yeah we've got plenty of evidence up until this point to show that Isaacs will kill anyone who he has come into contact with he kills the Moroccan uh, man who helped Hannah out um, Marissa has killed um, the grandmother with, without a moment, yeah. without a moment's hesitation. And between them, they're left with this family, with Sophie's family, with um, Olivia Williams and um, Jason F- Fleming, Fleming um, and the and the son. Um, and I am left to assume that now that they have served their usefulness, they will also be dispatched. Yeah. You never hear, and anyway, you never hear, from you never them hear from them again. The one of the more interesting elements of this film, yeah. removed from this film. Yeah, and it's uh, all right. We'll we'll finish the story and then we'll circle we'll circle back. Circle back stuff. So third act. Um, oh man, where to start? So the meeting point is is this kind of magic house. It's the Grimm. House, yeah, right? you know, we're we're introduced to a, a, a brother's Grimm um, element early early in the film where Hannah is reading from a an old old brother's Grimm yeah. book, and now they're in this this abandoned amusement park in a Brothers Grimm-esque nightmare house. So, so Hannah, this is the place where she has been scheduled to meet Eric and she knocks on the door and the door is opened by a questionable looking dude. Um, Who may have at some <clears throat> point in the past been a magician slash clown. He's certainly dressed like a clown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and she strolls on in. Yeah. Without a, oh, without, yeah, yeah you're cool. the guy. Yeah. You must be him. You're, I mean, you're, I'm trusting you. Yep. All good. So up until this point, she's basically physically assaulted everybody. And suddenly this guy, (laughs) yep, you're the weirdo my father described you to be. So let's just run with that. And, and I mean, from there on, where do you go? It's just a, it's just a a kind of chase back and forth as, um, Marissa and Isaac's Isaac's turn up chase after Hannah and Eric, um, Hannah and Eric, they get away and then they meet up. Eric reveals that he is not Hannah's father. Um, and he was he was working for Marissa on this program to um, implant um, these enhanced embryos into women. So you also you don't you don't conclusively know that Hannah's mother is in fact her mother. There is some question about about there's some debate about who, who well, that's yeah, who each who they look like. Just to preempt, just to preempt that, that yeah, we, we learn at this point because Marissa also makes some um, comments about how she's made choices, like she's made certain choices, um, like because um, Hannah's grandmother asks the question, "Do you have children?" and she she more or less says, "No, she's made certain decisions <clears throat> that means that she doesn't have kids," and then we wind up in this this debate. I'm probably preempting this a bit too much, but um, we wind up in this questionhood about who is Hannah's father. It's certainly not Eric Banner. Um, he certainly 
has behaved as her father, but he may actually not be her father. Um, he says he's not, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he says he's not. Um, but yeah, gosh. genetically, genetically, but he, he says, but he, 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 says he, is, he is because he raised her. He raised her, which implies that yeah, he's genetically he, not. He beat her religiously. Yeah, <laughs> taught her to the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, um, yeah, this chasey chasey. They waste Eric. Um, specifically Marissa Marissa shoots yeah, there's a shootout that preempts this where Mar- Eric turns up at Marissa's place this is at the end of the second act where he shoots up the apartment with oh yeah, yeah. and then nothing later really, nothing really comes of that yeah and then Eric winds up um, Eric winds up there's a fight isn't there um, he's found by some of the goons um, and he he kills Isaacs oh yeah he kills Isaacs and his That's goons right. he strangles Isaacs using, yep. a, using a swing yep um, chain from a swing and, and then yeah and then stabs then, him with a metal bar yeah and then um kills his goons and then he is in turn gunned down by marissa and that's that happens off scene though yeah you don't, you don't so he's he is he is drawing their attention while so to allow hunter to, to escape, escape because he knows that he or he suspects i guess that marissa's desire for vengeance will outweigh her desire to take care of hunter so she chases Eric. Yeah. Um, it's if if it sounds confused the way we're describing it, it's because it's it's kind of confusing, kind of, kind of confusing what's going on. And then so you're left with Hannah and Marissa, Marissa pursuing Hannah back to the amusement park where where Hannah has escaped earlier um, after the weird clown guy tells her to go hide upstairs because um, um, the goons turn up there. Yeah. And then she's. It's, it is confusing and then she goes back there for some reason I guess you go to what you know and then um, she was going to him for help but discovers that guy. the clown is he's, dead he's been killed um, and then um, so Hannah's on her own and Marissa turns up at the amusement park and there's a brief chase scene with some stark imagery with Marissa uh, emerging from the mouth of a wolf mm. um, on, a, on an abandoned um roller coaster ride of some description like a railway. yeah a railway um and and what I, what looks like a genuine abandoned amusement park um and they have a confrontation and marissa ends up being struck by an arrow fired um, macgyver styles by um hannah yeah from, um, the, hip with from like, the hip with like a rubber band with a rubber band effectively um and um uh, it she is in turn also shot um, but clearly not lethally, um, and she tracks down in a bookending of the deer from the first yeah. from the opening scenes, um, a Marissa who is mortally wounded. So Marissa, uh, yeah, from that point, Hannah disappears, and then you see Marissa get up. Yeah, and she is walking around, and then Hannah starts pursuing her. Yeah, and I don't know why Hannah is pursuing Marissa. Because I think it's that Marissa hunt. has a gun. Marissa's yeah, Marissa's, at it. Marissa's dropped the oh, and when when Marissa is shot with the bow and arrow with the arrow, she drops the gun and and Hannah picks up the gun and goes after her. No, but Marissa shoots at Hannah while Hannah's while Hannah's chasing her. Right. Oh. Where does the other gun come from then? Cause the final shot of this is is Hannah raising the gun on marissa and I'm sure, saying, I'm sure she shoots her while she's chasing her but before she gets the gun right she she only picks up the gun 
when Marissa falls down the slide. Ah, uh, was right, right, right. Yeah. So she, I think she's mortally wounded, and she bails to get help because she knows she's in trouble. Yeah. And um, rather than finishing Hannah off, like she probably should have, like you know, you got a double tap. Yeah. Um, and then she she bails, but she's clearly more wounded because Hannah's missed her heart a second. Yeah. Time. So, yeah, yeah, there's a callback to the deer hunting. Where yeah, she stands over. She stands over Marissa as she's as she's dying. It says, "I, I, I, I missed your heart. I, I missed your heart." And then she Bang! Crash cut to the title of the film. Hunter. Yeah. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that sorry to take so long to get to this point. It's very confusing. So yeah. there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. So that the the my. When I was watching, when I was watching this for the second time in preparation for this, I um, about an hour in, I thought I'm sold. This yeah, movie, I think you this, texted me to say yeah, I I find little wrong with this film. This, this movie is this movie is amazing, and I I didn't have the same issue with the music video kind of elements of it. As, oh, I had as, a big issue with as that. you. Yeah. I I kind of like if I, you want to make a cool Chemical Brothers yeah. music video, just make a cool Chemical Brothers music video. But. I was I was prepared to be swept along with that, but then then when that when she as soon as she arrives at that magic house, I remembered why it was that I walked out of this movie the first time thinking. Oh, yeah, it's it's, that third act. So there's, there's and there's there's two issues with it. With it, one is that it doesn't. It doesn't You're it, invested it, in that it family. Really, it doesn't really make make yeah. sense. You lose you lose you lose the goal. Yeah. Um, the and, narrative and, thread and, gets and lost she, somewhere in the never, middle. She never gets a new one. Yeah. So all right, you lose you lose your goal because she, so she's achieved her goal because the goal for the entire movie up to this point has been to get to the magic house. Yeah. She's achieved the goal, but she never gets a new one. She's just chasey chasey. And then two, the other issue is, like you just said, that the, the adorable family that I have fallen in love with over, over the course of the second act, within, within the first couple of lines in the case of Sophie. Yeah, and over, who was amazing. And over the course of the second act for the rest of her family. Yep. They disappear. Disappear. Presumed dead. Never to be seen again. Um, and I've, I'm sorry. I've, once you, you pull that trigger, I love those people. You... I, I, I can't accept them dying either on on screen or off screen. I, don't, I want, I I want don't them to be there, them. and I want particularly Sophie. I want Sophie to have a part in Hannah's triumph at the end. She needs to be there, and you need to play off that. Um, the, you've told their stories in parallel for for that second act. Mm. They've gone. They've gone and on the date together with the yeah. Boys. By the time you're introduced to that Sophie character. You really want the story then to be about Hannah and Sophie. That's that's the real yeah. gem of a story. Yeah. There, there's that. There's the really. T- they put all that effort in. They put in that touching scene where they're in the they're in the, the tent, tent, and there's Sophie there's, gives her a friendship bracelet. Yep, they have. They share a kiss, um, and it's it's genuine and um, emotionally resonant. Yeah. Um. It's it, it feels real. Um, yeah. It's it's really well done. There it's is a real kinship. Yeah, and I think that's what Joe Wright does really well in all of his other films, like especially in like Atonement, where he he sells those relationships yeah. so convincingly. Yeah. Um, these two, these these two, they have nothing in common. But they have at the same time they are dichotomy. They are completely the same person yeah. and the same point in their they're life two, two, two with people the same with, goals yeah. moving forward two people with nothing in common in their lives that they're making at the same point of in their, their lives, lives. And yeah they are, they're connected by that and they're yeah. intertwined 
and then and and this is why I'm, I, when Sophie sees Hannah kill the dude in the shipping container, I want to know what's next for Sophie and Hannah. Yeah. Where does their relationship go now? And it goes nowhere because Sophie is presumed dead. Yeah. It's it's a shock. It's, yeah, it's unsatisfying. You and you you really need. But but even if you show that death on screen, like if you as the audience are then you know subjected to Isaacs and um, uh, Marissa brutally killing the entire family, then Marissa's eventual defeat at Hannah's hands becomes more satisfying. That that becomes her goal. That exactly. becomes her goal. Then, it, but then, admittedly, then it just becomes a cheap revenge flick. It may as well just be called Taken the Hannah Years. Well, um, but ultimately, I still want to know the conclusion of that story. Yeah, and and this is where I think the issue is. So. The, the the magic house sequence comes come actually comes too late in yeah. the film because she achieves that goal and then, and, then she, and then she doesn't get a new one where if the magic house comes earlier if that comes in your midpoint in the film I've achieved that goal it, it hasn't given me what I need now where do I go then and then back with Sophie so she's back in um, back on back on the road traveling and then and then you lose so the the goal is to escape yeah and then you and then if, if, if sophie is killed yeah and she sees it i now i now have my that's my third act goal is to now is revenge, to revenge sophie revenge sophie and yeah. now now and then it's still the same overall story for Hannah, which is the coming of age yeah but her her goal in terms of the act structure she has a new goal within that, which is to avenge Sophie, and that is how that that is her coming of age. Or even if it's a case of um, she knows that, even if Marissa goes and um, after killing Eric, um, like I think that's that mentor that needs to die in these stories. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Yeah. You need to kill that mentor character so the hero can go on. You, with, yes, without. but she doesn't see that either. She doesn't see that she's, either. She's, she's unaware of that. You I, don't get that. So Obi Wan Kenobi, exactly, perfect example. Yeah, but Luke needs to Hannah see needs to stand there and, and see say, Eric. No, yeah, and 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 see Eric shooting. be killed. Yeah. Um, but then then Eric, like, I mean, perhaps the way and I don't mean to tell the writers of this film how to do their job, but. Um, perhaps then the story is then that Marissa takes Sophie as bait, um, and and the idea is that she puts Sophie out as the bait. Uh, Marissa's mm. the trap, and Hannah then has to come to her, and yeah. then you have that. But I, I mean, that's a little bit cliche, that's, I suppose. If you yeah, if you're yeah. going if you're going Hollywood, that's what Hollywood would do, that's and what then Hollywood would do yeah, that. and then yeah, um, uh, and then Hannah turns up, dispatches some goons. Yeah. And then kills, um, and then then you just insert the clip of yeah. her MacGyver killing her with with the yeah. bow and arrow. But so I can see why they didn't. I can see why they didn't. Do, I can see why they didn't road. do that. Like that is that is the immediate Hollywood go to cliche, right? So I I don't begrudge them not doing that, but at the same time, that whole end third that whole third act is so confusing about where things are, and they're going mm. backwards. Why does she go back to the amusement park? Yeah. That's not what. Uh, Eric would have trained her to do. Eric would have told her to go to ground, yeah. um, regroup, um, get your provisions in check. Um, you know, he wouldn't have told her to go back to 
the one place that she knows in town where Marissa is 100% sure to go looking for her. She has no reason to go back yeah. to that, that magic house. Berlin's a big place. Berlin's, Germany's a big place. You could be <laughs> on a train in Germany and be in Munich in, in less than eight hours. Whole different um, state. The police don't talk to each other. And she could be having um, a, a lovely beer at the yeah. Hofbräuhaus because the drinking age is 14. So Go to, go to, go to a Rammstein yeah, concert. go to a Rammstein go and, concert. Go and see Kraftwerk. Go and see some Kraftwerk. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? But no, what she does, or, or she doesn't go back out into the bush. Like, I mean, if you're going to go back to what you know, surely you're going to try and go back mm. to the wilderness. Like, that's where you would go, right? Not back to this weird fantasy house where this clown character, yeah. she's literally known for all of three minutes of screen time. Like, he's barely even making waffles. Yeah. Yeah, and she's eating a raw egg. Yeah, um, his, yeah his character's a real problem. And he, he can be okay if, if he has been set up. If Eric has said to her at the start, there will be a dude there. Yeah, he's a you, weird guy, but he is the best him. of people. Yeah, um, he is on our side. He, he is, is a, on it. He is a friend. He's just this Hail Mary pass in the in the end of the second act. We're mm. like, here's a random character that's not been yeah. set up at all. I don't. I, I think I even went back to look to see if there was any mention of this character beforehand, but there wasn't. Yeah. He just turns up. He's this random character. Yeah, and I I, I agree with you about you know. Credit to the writers. Writing the movie is hard. Endings in particular are hard. Yeah. And yeah, the the the, the conventional Hollywood Like that's how a whole this this movie yeah, made there's, in there's, Hollywood. There's would the be easy this. there's the easy way to go. Yeah. And I can completely accept why they didn't go the easy way. Um and maybe and and like you said, so this was scripted and then had some had some doctoring, had some rework. Had some doctoring done to yeah. it. Um and perhaps they look, perhaps they perhaps they cut it a few different ways. Maybe. And this was this was the one they they opted for that kind of. This is the fit, cut they went with. Fit the, fit the most with what they were what they were wanting to get out of the film, but it just it, it leaves it. The narrative is not satisfying. You don't you don't get that payoff um, from after after the first um, first 60, 80 minutes, which are absolutely kick ass yeah if a little disjointed but yeah absolutely and more importantly like um again if you're going to stick with that music video motif like they 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 do that twice earlier where the sh where it's set up as a music video 100 percent, and in the final act they don't do that no it's yeah it's really it's really stark and it's, it's, it's such it's a callback to right. the uh, to the um to the for opening scene yeah. with her hunting the deer yeah and like clearly that was intentional that joe wright is not a dumb director he is yeah. very clever he's a very smart guy and he makes very ordinarily very very competent clever films like have you seen atonement I haven't. No. Uh, that is an amazing film. That is without a doubt. Uh, I watched that and I was blown away by it. It was. It's got this this false ending and this 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 twisty narrative, and you discover there's an unreliable narrator, and um, and then you, you you're introduced to this idea that much of what you've taken to be as uh, truth is actually just um, fiction mm. and it's amazing i don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it but yeah there's this great twist and he is clearly a very competent filmmaker i, I suspect the source material for atonement really supported a lot of that but yeah in the in the hands of a lesser director 
that would have been a hot mess of a film mm. not a hot mess very mm. very competent and in this we've got this this muddled and confusing last two thirds where it's just all over the show um and they they don't repeat any of the things oh, i don't know they just it, it fails to deliver on its earlier promise and it starts yeah. off with this hiss and a roar that should should convalesce into this absolute cracker of yeah. an ending and it doesn't it fizzles they, yeah they have and they have there's some there's some dialogue there's some interchanges between hannah and eric and with hannah and marissa really fall flat yeah and then i mean coming away from it like it's one of those frustrating films and perhaps this is why we're talking about it here where there's there's so much of it is left either unintentionally or intentionally open to interpretation like the the one that i got out of that was is marissa actually hannah's mum? like is that really what that is she says a few things in there don't you turn your back on me young lady and she makes some comments about how she can't she's made choices about children um and it makes me wonder if if she was the actual um uh embryo donator that that she is actually hannah is actually marissa's uh, marissa fiegler's biological daughter yeah um and um maybe what and she's definitely her arc or her motivation in getting eric seems a bit strange she is definitely a wounded woman yeah uh, or a scorned woman she is definitely unhappy with hannah's mum running away with eric that is definitely a personal thing for her that's Um, right you can see and you can see that in the flashback where she she does shoot them while they're driving in the car there is that's 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 not an act of someone who is trying to predict a state secret. No, that is that's someone who is enacting personal revenge. Fuck someone up. Yeah, and um, and then when she shoots Hannah's, I forget the the actress uh, and the character's name, but when Hannah's mum is is shot by Marissa Ziegler, there's a there's an interchange between Ziegler, not Ziegler, Ziegler. Um, when she is shot by Marissa, there's an interchange along the lines of "You will never get her," and. Um, I, that's ambiguous and I'm not I, I presume later we discovered that Hannah is actually one of several children who was grown in a, in a government lab um, program yeah. or an illicit experiment which was liquidated um, Eric says he yeah Eric says he helped 20 20 up to 20, 20 women or more Oh, he recruited twenty women Recru- or more oh, at, at abortion clinics. Oh, so right, yeah. um, he's he's gone in and, and convinced these women to not get abortions and to instead have their embryos mucked with. Okay, okay. So if the, if he's recruiting at abortion clinics, then that mother must be the mother. Maybe. And the father must be anyone. Anyone, not Eric. And, and yeah. so, so the genetics of the parents are irrelevant. I guess. But they do something to the mothers. Uh, who knows? I mean, I guess if you take it at that at that face value. But yeah, okay. So if you take it at face value, I, su- I suspect there's enough evidence in this film to suggest that Marissa isn't the mother. And that yeah. in fact, um, Hannah's mother, as presented in film, is the, the biological parent. But so much of this film will not let you take it at face value. There's so many other yeah. instances in this film... Yeah where at what's presented at face is not what's actually happening. Yeah. And so I, I feel that's a real conceit of the film and a, a bit of a short-sightedness of the filmmakers, if that's the case, where, where they present so much, where they, where they present things that they want you to believe, but then actual fact, that's mm. not what's happening. And then in this scene, now they want you to present, they want you to believe what's presented. Like that's that one example where 
what's been told as gospel. No, I don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, and as, uh, if that's the case, then it's a horrible missed opportunity because there's an entire undertone that could have could have turned that on its head, really given Marissa some real motivation because she seems vaguely unmotivated. Like, surely that's not just about professionalism. Surely we're not led to believe that, well, in this dark fairy tale, which it clearly wants it to be, that she is just so evil as the wicked stepmother in the Brothers Grimm retelling for the modern age, that yeah. she is just willing to lay waste to, to 22 children, presumably, um, without a moment's hesitation, and then burn her files in the I wonder if that's office. what they're getting at with the teeth, the scene where she's flossing her teeth. Ah, oh, yeah, she's where they, where bleeding. They bleed. she's, yeah, she's, if, there's a, if there's a perfectionism kind of... Yeah, there, maybe. This, it's like she's this, got OCD. This, like uh, This dark spot on her... Her, her apartment her, is immaculate. Yeah. So the spot on her resume is actually that's that's a bad enough thing, let alone any personal. Maybe thing. that's just a failure. Yeah. And now, so that actually brings me on to something that uh, something that I was thinking about that I hinted at at the very beginning, which is which is what this film is ultimately about. And I um, I wonder if it's ultimately about um, the the devotion to excellence, right? And how how that's kind of presenting that as a failure. As something when you when you the kind of single-minded devotion to one thing, and how that causes you, that leaves you unable to appreciate the wide breadth of um, wonders mm. that are are on offer in the world, which you see in Hannah and her kind of her pursuit and her hunger. For enjoyment and for because she wants to hear a, music almost like sh- like short circuit she's yeah. just <laughs> seeking she's seeking input number she, five is a lie yeah yeah she wants to yeah she wants input she wants to hear music she wants to feel yeah she wants things. to kiss a boy she wants to yeah, yeah. she wants to kiss a boy and, and it's um and, and oh there's that really cool sequence while they're on that date where they're watching that spanish dance oh yeah and they're, they're singing and dancing um and she's she's just enthralled. Yeah. And I think she, you know she her she's been so single minded in her pursuit, as have Eric and as have as have Marissa. Yeah. Um, to you know to the exclusion of all other things. Yeah. And I guess to a degree that's just that's that's what you get in a coming of age story where she is understanding and learning what it, what is available. Yeah, in yeah, world. in the but world. There's an option to her to just go on being a killing machine, right? she's and, and maybe that's what that's what you wonder when you wonder what happens tomorrow yeah what happens the day which after. brings us to my favorite segment <laughs> of the show which is what happens tomorrow where she is implicated in a string of murders <laughs> implicated uh she is she is arrested for a string of murders across the continent uh, <laughs> a skinhead or presumably they didn't they didn't clean up their mess at the container yard but there's witnesses of her leaving the container yard yeah she's going to jail yeah, yeah. they are 100 percent picking her up within within 48 hours and she's gonna, going to jail how are they going to catch her she's a superhuman killing machine huh? yeah she's not bulletproof <laughs> <laughs> German cops don't fuck around. <laughs> yeah, they won't. They won't. They won't stand for a moment of that. Yeah, GSG nine will be all over that shit. She'll yeah. be. She'll be out in the cold. Yeah. 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 No, she hasn't got the element of surprise. Nah, I'm just gonna shoot her. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, there's lots of stylistic stuff in this film. Like, 
I want I really want to like this movie a lot more than I do actually like this movie and I like thinking about this it's a bit like Blade Runner for me and, and you'll 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 hate me for this I enjoy thinking about Blade Runner more than I enjoy watching Blade Runner every time I watch mm. Blade Runner I'm just frustrated by it and then I think about it after the fact I'm like that's a great movie but when I watch it again I'm like why did I like this again? Um, and this is exactly the same. I Sad like... Knowledge. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. String me up and shoot me. Um, but this is that movie for me where I like thinking about Hunter because there's so much going on and there's so many really cool creative choices being made in this film. Yeah. Like the fact that every time you see um, uh, Marissa, her environment is stark and barren um, and then it is echoed by um, Hannah's environment, which is stark and barren. But it's organically stark and barren, mm. um, and where Marissa's environments are all clean lines and straight edges, and everything's polished to a mirror yeah. finish. Um, her apartment is immaculate, whereas Hannah's apartment is immaculate for a hut in the woods. Um, you know, and it's uh, all of Marissa's environments are all clean, and then, and um, everywhere Hannah goes, it's old and run down. Like they go to that 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 abandoned amusement park and. Like that—that's dirty and, and all yeah. that, uh, like all of that is great. Like those are all really intentional decisions, right down to the silver-plated gun that that um, Marissa's got. She's got this nickel-plated gun, and it's all bright and shiny. Mm. You know um, how how quick bright shiny things come to confusion, um, and and that's there's so much going on. So many really clever artistic choices being made by clever artistic people. Yeah. And then ultimately it winds up in this hot mess yeah. and it just doesn't make sense. And then you really come back from it wondering like, what did I just watch? And I'm really frustrated by that ending. And yeah. it's just, it's, ugh, it's just frustrating. I find it very frustrating and not in a good way. Um, I, I, yeah, it, this isn't the end of seven where I'm frustrated by the end of seven. This is, this is, <sighs> <laughs> but that's a good frustration like that that ending just makes you right that, that really hits you you're really frustrated by that ending like oh my god that's an ending like that's how you end a movie yeah oh, um what's in the box but um it's a head of your wife like oh. but this this is not that movie for me i'm just this ending is frustrating i just want to go what the hell were you doing i don't know i don't even know how to fix it gosh Make it more about Sophie and Hannah. I I, I really think um, bump the bump the magic house sequence back to where it belongs earlier in the film. And the at the end of um, the first act or in the second uh, act. I think midway through. Yeah. It's, it's your it's your midpoint in the second act. Um, it really feels like to me then, they found a cool location and they were shooting in Berlin, so they had to have that there. Like that's yeah. where it fit narrati- narratively in the story. Yeah, and then your your driving driving into your third act has got yeah it's, it's got to be the the obi-wan moment the killing the killing of eric in front of hunter yeah and then and then hunter needs to um drive drive the revenge and sophie needs to be some sort of a part of that yeah and in in the way of um in the kind of um die hard you know the relationship he builds with the lovable cop yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Carl, the beat cop, Carl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know he's he's got to do something. Played by Reginald Johnson. That's a deep pull. He's got, <laughs> he's, 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 they've, they've got who to, also features in Ghostbusters. They've got to they've got to do something. Hannah's um, um, yeah, the, that relationship with Sophie has to pay off in a good way for him. Yeah, and I think I think that's the biggest letdown for me is because I I think I, I I agree with you. I like the bits with Sophie. I like that part of the film. That to me. 
where they've where the, they've where they've adopted really. this wolf with it because she's she's even like a snow wolf with her bleached blonde um yeah. uh, eyebrows and her hair like she's a snow wolf that they've, they've brought this wolf into their house yeah. and and they've adopted her as part of the family and she's sleeping quietly by the fire but at a moment's notice she could snap and rip your throat out because she is a wild animal yeah. and that that to me is a far more interesting story uh, you maybe you haven't seen have you seen the movie daryl from the Ooh. 80s and he's it's no. a similar story where um he's a child who escapes and it turns out he's a government program and he may or may not be a cyborg it's hard to tell yeah. but he can control computers and he can fly an sr-71 blackbird and he can okay. do all this amazing stuff um that is also a, a terribly flawed movie but um but it's 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 the same story daryl and hannah um it's a very both children except he's not a killing machine he's he's more like a walking computer okay and and she's a killing machine so that's the jason Bourne influence yeah. but i was just thinking about it now the um the tom cruise jack reacher movie i think it's just called jack reacher uh-huh. um that has a compelling third act where marissa uh, where uh, rosamund pike who incidentally was engaged to be married to the director of this film uh joe wright until he called it off just before the wedding right. weird fun fact um she is kidnapped by the bad guys and they use her as leverage to get jack reacher to come to them and he's not having a bar but he's just like cool killer and hangs up the phone and walks away um and the bad guys are left going what the hell and then he decides oh actually i think i'd like to kill you and he comes back and he calls them back on the phone and he says on second thought i think i'm going to kill you and then he proceeds to come and kill mm. them and like that's re- that's a really satisfying scene if you haven't seen that movie it's it's otherwise trash film but yeah yeah tom cruise coming to wreck five foot five vengeance on on <laughs> <laughs> on on Werther herzog werner herzog um famed movie director yeah. werner herzog um and inexplicably in this tom cruise film <laughs> um <laughs> comes to wreak bloody havoc on Werner Herzog um and um uh, the Australian guy I can't remember his name was in everything for 10 minutes um and not anymore uh he's in um Suicide Squad I forget his name but um he's an Australian okay um he plays the, the heavy and um probably because he was five foot five and um uh, but that that's a satisfying film and I kind of really want that here and that movie came after mm. this so I don't know why you couldn't do that but I don't know maybe maybe the makers of this, the the filmmakers felt that was too cliche an ending. Uh, yeah, look, I, I imagine this all, this all looked tidy on paper. Yeah, I, it's a solid I, script. I, I imagine. Um, I think the script had floated around for at least five years as like mm. a hot property script, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah, and, and, and perhaps they were waiting for the right person to play Hunter because that's a. It's a, no, tough, I don't, it's a I, tough role to cut. I struggle saying her name. Cersei Rowan? Ye, Ronan? Cersei Ronan? Yeah. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. Says, Saoirse Ronan says the voice. A voice is calling to a us. A voice is calling to us from the stairs. Uh, <laughs> but she's amazing. Like, she's hot off. Um, she was in Atonement. That's where she was found. So the director oh, found her in Atonement. Right. Um, she plays the young woman in that and she turns up in lovely bones directed by peter jackson here in new zealand um so yeah and then she goes she's now in lady bird johnson i think um, academy award nominated so she's an amazing actress but um yeah like she was a good pick for this film oh excellent the accents are all weird yeah that's why i'm I'm, yeah i could i could imagine holding on to a script for the right 
Yeah. The right person. Yeah, just if only I could get Dakota Fanning to be in this film. (laughs) Get out of here, Dakota Fanning. (laughs) Robbie! Robbie! No, no. (laughs) All right. This is getting silly. Um, (laughs) uh, It's quite like, sorry, people. Um, So. I don't know. I don't know how to call it. I'm going to say wallowing in media. Oh, no, it's verging. It's verging. You reckon? Yeah, it's, it's verging on greatness. The it's, fact that we can argue about it says to me, and there's so much to interpret, uh, I suppose, but yeah. The, the Sophie's adorableness. And the, the soundtrack elevates it. Like, the soundtrack is amazing. The Chemical Brothers yeah, soundtrack. Like, yeah, yeah, the action sequences. That, um, that three minute long action sequence. Eric Banner and, <clears throat> and Kate Blanchett just gnawing on every bit of scenery they can find yeah. particularly Kate Blanchett she's literally picking her teeth with bits of the set she is just <laughs> <laughs> what else you got for me yeah I dig it like yeah. I would I would I would watch it again if, if and I probably will watch it again yeah. um, hoping to pick up something I've missed before I mean this is one of those films that I've, I've probably watched a good three or four times now um, certainly in the background but yeah uh, pff, Virgin and Greatness I don't, I don't think it's greatness, greatness, but it's definitely... It's virgin. It's definitely better than your average film. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not Die Hard, though. So. Wow. Or, or Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> Spaceballs is amazing. Um, Galaxy Quest is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Virgin and greatness? Definitely. All right. Calling it there. I'm... I'm Disagree with us? Hit us up on Twitter. On yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, tweet us uh, at Virgin on Greatness. Greatness um, Hit we, us up on the uh, Facebook where we can find us. We're Virgin on Greatness. Yeah. Um, tell us. Tell us you disagree with us. Um, yeah. In the comments below. Uh, suggest a movie. Yeah. For us to do yeah. next. Yeah. Um, share us. Give us a shout out. Yeah. Let um, us know. Yeah. Yeah. Do all the all the things. All the good things. That social media. Do those things. Us yeah. To do. And uh, well, anyway, it's a long night here, so we'll say goodbye. So. Yeah. Say goodbye, Mike. Goodbye. And it's Black and Craig.